Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Conrad, and this show is where we hear the real stories from real people changing the world. From everyday people to the top celebrities, all the conversations are real, raw, and always unscripted. Thank you for joining me today. Now let's get to today's guest. All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted from the brand new, hopefully sponsored studios here at my house in the basement, uh, but hopefully sponsored soon, Unscripted Studios, but all that doesn't matter. What matters right now is, as I ask the great Darren Carter, I'm going to ask my guests, where do you go when you want to get live? Wow. Where do you want to go? When, well, in, in, in the time of, of, of a pandemic, um, in my living room to watch television. <laughs> man, the answer is be high, man. Come on. <laughs> <Isn't it long? laughs> no, all right. So I, my guest today, uh, goodness, um, I, I am really, really, I've been looking forward to this, been chasing this guy for a long time. I think he's going to be, his story is going to be amazing. And I can't wait to, uh, to catch up and chat. And there may or may not be a few surprises up my sleeve. We'll see. We'll see what happens over the next, who knows how long we're going to do this. But, um, <laughs> so let me let my guest introduce himself and then let me brag on him a little bit. Go ahead. Introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. and We'll go from there. Wow. Sure. Um, I'm Edward Buchanan. I am um, based in Milano, Italy. So I'm on the other side of the world. Um, I'm essentially a fashion designer. I'm a creative consultant and creative director, but I'm a fashion designer and I've been living abroad for 25 years-ish. Crazy, outrageous. Crazy. <laughs> but my life is, is uh, the creative process. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm working and happy and, um, and uh, yeah, life is moving. Awesome. Well, my first surprise might have just popped in, and I think this may be happening a lot during our podcast. So oh, you, you gosh. <laughs> I have no idea what's what's about to happen. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know. There's a lot of gap. And so if people are listening, just hang on, because I, I think we have a guest joining us here on the Zoom that... Uh, um, we'll, we'll see what happens in a minute. I honestly don't know. <laughs> so let's just see what happens. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, while we're, while we're waiting, uh, cause right now it just says zoom user. So I'm not even sure who's joining us. I have, I have a few ideas, but um, and it is so good to see you again. It is so good to, to see your face and catch up and, uh, Man, it has been a minute since we graduated from high school, but, you know, from afar, whether it be on social media, thank God for social media, right? Because that's where I got to catch up and see all that you're doing and all that, all that's happening with you. So, man, I I am so happy to see you and, uh, and see your success because I remember back in the day, uh, if we go back, so, so Eddie and I actually, we're, we're, we're friends. I want to say, I don't want to say besties, but man, we, we were pretty close. We were pretty I'm not close. Gonna, yeah, pretty yeah, close. yeah. We were tight. We're tight. <laughs> right. Tight. <to laughs> very, very tight. A lot of, lot of uh, great memories every day in school. And uh, let, let, hang on one second. Let me, let me see. Cause this is the first time I've ever done this. So this is just for you, man. Let me, let me see what happens here. Let me see if I can unmute uh, whoever this is. 
All right. I, I'm not sure uh, who our guest is. Can our guest exp, um, say who they are? And uh, Eddie and I are on here. Uh, who is our guest? Hey, fellas, it's Andrew or Andy. Andy Jordan is our guest, <laughs> Mr. Eddie Buchanan. Wow. What's up, brothers? Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> so uh, our guest today is one of, again, one of our Bedford High, uh, also alumni, classmates, friends, and um, a part of, do we want to call it, what do we want to call it? The Richmond Brothers Randall <laughs> crew? Is that what we want to call this? The Richmond Brothers. <laughs> Andy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Um, uh, let me see if I can drop my Wi-Fi and just data. Hold up. All right. Oh, shoot. <laughs> you got to love Zoom, love man. You got to love it. Oh, well, you got to love it. I'm kind of like um, in between. I'm dropping my daughter off at uh, bowling. She's a bowler. And you're not going to go bowling with her? Uh, I do once in a while, but she's on the uh, varsity team, and so it's a thing, and dad's got to stay away, apparently. Chew <laughs> you out the door. A little bit, a little bit. So I'm, I'm just an Uber driver, basically. <laughs> Get her there, and yeah. I, I, still don't have a, I still don't have a driver's license, actually, so. Hey, you know what? Come on. Um, that's not the end of the world. I don't. Come on, I don't, Aaron, I don't have a driver's license. I haven't driven. I mean, when I was in New York City, I never had to drive. Right. Um, I think I had a temporary driver's license when I was in Columbus. And um, I remember slightly borrowing um, the car <laughs> of my roommate at the time. And I was going into like a fast food restaurant. And I remember ride, driving into the side of a car. No one got hurt, but um, it's not my <laughs> thing, I think, driving. <laughs> Well, for our audience that's not watching, uh, I always try to remember, I've got an audio and a video audience. Our audience that is uh, not watching this, um, uh, we have a guest with us that's still trying to work out some Wi-Fi issues, but we, the three of us, and possibly others, I don't know, we'll see, uh, the three of us used to um, work at a place called Richmond Brothers. Some of y'all might remember the suit store in pretty much every mall and uh, Eddie, actually, I think it was you that got me the job, and I came in with this sweet mullet. So I, I <laughs> on my podcast, my sweet mullet, many a day, and it was, so. it was so long, it was down to my shoulders after my freshman <laughs> year of college. And uh, but I felt bad because I couldn't work in a suit store and have a sweet mullet. So I showed up the first day to work after interviewing one day with the sweet mullet, and I had cut it all off. And the guy was like, who is this guy? <laughs> so, but uh, uh, the three of us used to work at Richmond Brothers at Randall Park. Randall Park Mall. Right? Those were great days. Those were great wow. days. What do you guys remember from those days? Richmond, um, Richmond Brothers is like the precursor to, uh, to, to Brooks Brothers, no? It's like, you know, that was like, um, that was the... It's a low-key Brooks Brothers. Exactly. <laughs> Very low-key. Right. I just but remember you know, happening to straight the dress pants every night on those racks, on the circle racks before we yeah. left. And it was the worst. It was just the absolute worst. <laughs> we had to count. We had to count every suit every night. Every suit. Exactly. Every night. You had to count all the suits and sport coats. That's right. Every That's night. The worst. It was all there. Right. Yeah. You know, those days, those retail days in, in, in America for me, I mean, I, 
I didn't, I, I didn't necessarily have an idea that I was going to end up going in fashion. It was never about fashion. I was, it was just about popular culture to me, but I think that a lot of those, those years, you know, working in retail at Richmond Brothers and in, in, in Columbus, I was working at Benetton. Those retail years were, were quite important, I think, in terms of my trajectory into fashion. I think those, you know, using retail and selling clothing and touching clothing and being in the, in the atmosphere of clothing. And I think it all leads up to where I was heading. I think at that time, I had no idea even that what a fashion designer was. Right. But I think once I finished school in, in, um, in Columbus, um, and then I moved to New York, finally, I was, I was kind of full, full speed ahead, I think. Right. You know what I think what your inspiration was? Who was? Marty, the tailor in the back who smoked a cigar. <laughs> the whole time he was working on clothes. Smoking cigars. falling all over the suits. Exactly. Well, I was going to um, say the fashion Marty. thing clearly passed me by. <laughs> it, it, uh, even working in a suit store, it didn't help me at all. So I, I don't, don't think know. so, Aaron, because you know what? People, people always say that. People always say, I'm not into fashion or I'm not fashion because, you know, you think that when you talk about style and fashion, it's, it's, um, it has to be something dramatic. But I think we all make choices when we wake up in the morning. You know, you make a choice in the type of underwear you like to wear. You make a choice in the type of baseball cap you like to wear. So those choices are based on obviously personal interest and personal comfort. I'm more interested in personal style as I am to being a dictator. You know, a fashion designer doesn't necessarily be a dictator. I think what we, we, we have to understand in terms of working with clothing and being within this, the atmosphere of design is that people wanna feel comfortable in what they like. Of course, we can give suggestions as design and from, from the profession of design. But I think, um, I think everyone knows what they like and what they like to put on their body. Right. True that. Somehow. Well, there, there's Andy. There you are. There I am. See Andy. <laughs> there he is. I'm posting up in the car. Yeah. It's awesome. I love every part of that. I really do. Well, you guys will remember this. Well, you, won't, you may not remember. What you will remember is that Andy was the DJ at Richmond Brothers. <laughs> Remember, uh -huh. we had the little CD player or whatever it was that we, because we didn't have iPods and iPhones and all that stuff back then. So Andy would bring in just the jams and 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 introduce me in particular to stuff. And and I was going to share this with you, Eddie. I remember standing around a, a pant rack one day, talking <laughs> about ninety two point three and the top forty, and you said, "Man, Aaron, there's more to life than ninety two point 3. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody from and there Cleveland is actually and there that. was. I swear to God, I've never left. I've never forgotten that to this day. And now my, my catalog is huge. Thank you to thank you to Eddie. He introduced me to a whole new world of a lot of other music besides Pop 40 and Debbie Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> that was still there too. No, music what, ended up being, I mean, music in, I mean, music anyway, Aaron was important for us and, and Andy was important for us in high school as well. But music ended up being you know, my second leg as well. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's um, the creative process for me without music. And in fact, I'm probably still listening to the same things I was listening to back then. Things haven't changed. I'm very old school with music. I don't, I don't get this, this, you know, this kind of new wave, you know, I'm experimental, but I, uh, I'm sure if you looked on my, on my computer at my music, you'd probably see some of the same things that you were seeing in 1988. Awesome. Or yeah. for that matter. My yep. wife came hey, home from Andy. lunch. Hey, hey. 
<laughs> my <laughs> wife came home for lunch and was watching uh, The Crown, the next series. And I was in the kitchen making something and the soundtrack came on. It was The Cure. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Robert. Dude, that's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's our time, man. That's our time. It is. It is. Yeah. And then and the I, ship, I you know, the ship for me from, 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 from Cleveland to Columbus, you know, because I don't know if you knew. I mean, I, I, I ended up um, going to Columbus after Cleveland. I went to school in, in Columbus, um, uh, Columbus College of Art, Art and Design, and I, um, which is where you're living, no? Right. Yep. Yep. And um, so that opened up a whole other world for me. I mean, because, you know, I mean, surrounded obviously by extreme creativity. I mean, the, the, the nightlife, it's a college town. Columbus was a fantastic place to, it was, a, it was, it was my, my, definite, my, definitely my, um, let's say, um, foundation, my real foundation into becoming, you know, an adult somehow. Um, it was a it was a good experience. I haven't been back in years, but it was a it was a nice place. Yeah, well, town, and I was going to say, and I think Andy probably was a part of these escapades as well. <laughs> I used to live for Mondays when Eddie would come into class and tell me about the Agora over the weekend. <laughs> the Akron Agora. The Akron Agora. Andy, were you ever part of the Akron Agora visits? I think I may have popped down there once or twice, oh, but not please. not a regular. Please, no. We were at the Acronagora. I was. I do remember, though. I do remember having having um, always having to have my mom drop us off because we obviously I couldn't drive. I didn't have a license. Right. And, um, still don't so, have a license. Still don't. Have a license. <laughs> so, um, but. Wow, man, that you brought yeah. back like a, I mean, I haven't thought of the Akron Agora in ages. And I, <laughs> and, well, and I wasn't allowed to go, so I had to live through you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I lived for Monday. Eddie, tell me about what happened this weekend at the Agora. And I had to have these visions of me possibly one day going to the Agora because I wasn't allowed to go. So I had to stay home. <laughs> no, you know, that was like, um, you know, that was our you know, the teen scene, you know, so it was, you know, what I always found, found interesting, and it probably is the same in discotheques today, I mean, I don't really go out so much anymore, but it was always based on these kind of little kicks, clicks, so you had the progressive kids over here, you had the hip hoppers over here, you had the poppers over here, but somehow it was really beautiful how they all existed in this one little box, you know, mm -hmm. there was never really any much drama there, but I was always quite inspired by that atmosphere. I think, I think it's, it was like, also like, um, you know, that was like, you know, right before we went off and, and went into, you know, the rest of our lives. So that was like a really, that was a really nice time. Yeah. And, and you've, you've started to kind of tell your story, Eddie. I think that's, you know, really a lot of what, what uh, we wanted to do this for today, but, but Andy as well, like, I think, you know, Andy, I think if I remember right, didn't you move into um, some, some, not fashion design, but with Richmond brothers, you moved into a career with them doing, um, help me or, out. there's probably a word yeah right? yeah window dressing window dressing right so yeah so i mean all, all of us again it's it passed me but you two clearly had a path and andy you're doing photography now right so i, I think it, though those early days even at old randall mall where my car got stolen twice 
Um, <laughs> those were good days, right? They, they, <laughs> maybe that's why I'm not into fashion is because my car got stolen twice <laughs> while working summers at Rich and Brothers. But for you guys, I mean, that, that did, you know, those, those jobs, we can't, we can't pass by those early jobs. Cause I think they do launch us into something else. Wouldn't you guys agree? I mean, Eddie, you've already touched on it, right? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, but you know, if I think about Andy, I mean, he was always into photography. You know, I mean, I always remember the Angel Adams hanging hanging in your, in your, in your house, <laughs> you know, and, and we would talk about your parents and those. Sort of, so that was I, I, I'm, I wasn't surprised to find, you know, his his kind of shift into that. And, and we were both and, and it's very it was very interesting is that Andy wasn't visual merchandising, but that's how I actually started in design is through visual merchandising, because when I was in Columbus, Ohio, um, I was working at. Benetton and then I was working at the Gap and I was only working in visual display. So I was doing window, window dressing. And um, when I decided that I wanted to move to New York, I contacted, I had the Gap contact one of the stores in New York City and that's how I got my transfer. So I knew I wanted to go back into school after finishing Columbus College of Design Design. And so I was a window dresser. That's how, that's how I learned my trade, you know? That's how I learned what, what it was like to put things together, what it was like to feel you know, I mean, it was from a casual perspective. I ended up moving to luxury goods, but you know, I think we we both had that experience. You know, right? And that's the creative process. So I'm sure Andy can speak on that as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a reluctant creative, I guess. I I've never felt like I own or wore the artist badge. Um, one of my peers one time, um, we were talking about that, and I he's like, well just you're more of a craftsman like like a a carpenter would be or or a fine finished work you know something like that so i feel like i identify a little bit more with that uh i wanted to circle back to something about eddie and his uh path um growing up or, or moving through school and all that like how different would it be or what would be different in today's you know with uh the runway shows and all that the competition shows like <laughs> that's so interesting i mean maybe you love them maybe you hate them maybe they're yeah i mean they're productions no doubt of course, right? yeah they got to edit it for the drama sure 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 that's a part of the process you know i mean I, I tell you what what i do is um i'm a designer's designer so i i the the path and the the let's say the the step to step was 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 quite interesting for me because once I decided that I was going to major in fashion design, I went back to Parsons, and um, I was al already a great illustrator. I loved drawing. I mean, since I was a child, you know that I was always drawing. So yep. um, that that was a part of it. But for me, I was a a creative. Um, yes, I was an artist. I was an artist, and and design came after that. And I, I always think in design, in terms of design, they always say, you know, a great design, you can turn it any way. If it's a great design, you can turn it upside down, you can turn it this way, and it's always going to look good. And that was kind of my, my, my perspective. Fashion design, for me, came um, as an expression, yes, but when I moved into it, it was just like me doing an illustration, you know? I, 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 my medium was clothing. Um, I was interested in making clothing and the creation of clothing and the draping of clothing, um, but it was it was my art. It was like a painting for me. So when I started, when I actually, you know, while I was doing visual merchandising while I was at Columbus, I mean, while I was at um, Parsons in New York, um, 
I got contacted by um, a window dresser who was working for Giorgio Armani. Giorgio Armani being the Italian fashion mega, you know, um, mega everything um, to the fashion world, especially in the 90s. Um, so it was an opportunity for me to actually find my way into a luxury setting. So I was doing window dressing for Giorgio Armani. Um, I did that for, for years. I actually did that in order to pay through my way through school. So um, I was working somehow full-time as I was going to school full-time. Um, so Giorgio Armani was my first real experience to an introduction to the fashion world. You know, what was important part of that period for me also, and we circle back to this again, is nightlife. I was going out a lot. I was meeting a lot of people, whether they be other designers or other creatives or other models. Um, so I was kind of being entangled into this world. Um, the real thing started to happen when I finished school. I won what's called this gold thimble. So I, I did really well in school. Um, I was offered scholarships um, to work in, in America, but somehow I, um, I knew that I wanted to go elsewhere. I, I had gone through New York and I love New York City. It was, it was my, you know, if, let's say if, if, if Cleveland and Columbus was my foundation, I really became an adult in New York City. Um, I, I really became, <clears throat> you know, kind of a full-fledged responsible adult. In Columbus, I got all of my partying and crazy college out of the way. When I went to school in New York City, I was super focused. Um, I graduated in a, a safe place. I was, I was feeling good, but I wanted to go elsewhere. It just so happened that um, a friend of mine was working for a company doing windows, once again, doing windows for a company called Bottega Veneta. Bottega Veneta is a luxury goods company, also based in Italy. Um, they started out making these kind of woven bags. Um, I wasn't really necessarily into it at the time. I didn't realize what I was getting into. I was very green, but um, I put together this portfolio. I sent it to them and um, I met with them in New York. And a month after that, I was flying to Italy um, as the design director for this company. Now, I can kind of start to parallel these things because what ended up happening after that is that that was my first introduction to luxury goods. So in terms of fashion, we have luxury goods, which is your luxury top level. Then you have contemporary and then you have mass market and there's all these different levels. Um, so I started really working in luxury goods and I kind of stayed in luxury goods. Um, that gave me the possibility to learn the craft, to learn the materials, to learn the insides and outs of what I was doing, I ended up coming back into contemporary and back into casual because I started working with celebrities. Um, so those years went by and, and during those years, I ended up working with Sean Combs on projects. I, I ended up working with um, Jennifer Lopez on projects. I never intended on working with celebrities. It became a part of the work that I do because as I said, I was a craftsman. So you know, a lot of times those houses and those, those celebrities are looking for people who know the craft that they can collaborate with. So um, the trail has been long, but it's been a super amazing experience. And, and um, the fashion shows, Andy, are, are a part of um, the process. It is the last part of the process. You know, we know fashion, um, fashion shows today are marketing and um, it gets the, the, the consumer excited about what they're seeing. But at the end of the day, probably 80% of what you see on the runways are not what we actually buy in the store. Mm -hmm. And so those drive the business, they drive the, the, the consumer to be interested. I don't know, Jennifer Lopez creates a line, which I was designing a line for her. And at the end of the day, 
um, young consumers um, that are interested in Jennifer Lopez maybe go to a store and they buy a fragrance. So even if she has, you know, a, a fur jacket on her runway or a faux fur jacket on her runway that could cost, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, the consumer actually will go into the store and they say, we love Jennifer Lopez, we love her music, let's buy Glow, a fragrance. Do you, did you design the infamous Jennifer Lopez dress from whatever it was, the Grammy? I did not. <laughs> that was not my responsibility. That, that was actually designed by a designer named um, Gianni Versace. He is, he is actually um, deceased. His sister took over the business, but Versace, I don't know if you know Versace, that was uh, that dress then. When I was working with her, she, we were working on um, a few projects, but it was a collection called Sweet Face, which was kind of her higher line. And... Um, yeah. I, I, it was, it was funny. I, 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 I tell you when, when I was, I got contacted by Jennifer because I was working in Milan on my own collection. So after Bottega Veneta, I started my own collection, which was called La Flesh. I was working with it um, on the line with a partner, um, a girl named Manuela, who's like kind of my soulmate. And so we were, we were designing this line and, and um, I got a, a phone call. It was just like a phone call. And I pick up the phone and I was like, hello. And they were like, yeah, this is so-and-so calling from the office of Jennifer Lopez. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, was Jennifer Lopez office calling me. What do we do now? Do we copy something? No. And, and, um, and she was working on a movie, which at that time was, I think it was Made in Manhattan, if you remember that movie. Right. And um, they were looking for... Um, someone designed design clothes for the movie. And they saw some of my lookbooks, they saw some of my, my work in the past and they thought that it would be perfect for that, that connection. So that's kind of how it works, you know? I, 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 it's, a, it's a really, really honest process for me. And I, as I've worked in this, this sector for so, so many years, I'm, I'm kind of um, somehow, uh, detached from the idea that these are celebrities because it is just work for me. Mm. And, and it's, it, it's exciting, I guess, when you look at it from the outside or an outside perspective. But um, at the end of the day, I would, I'm still in the office now. You know, I'd rather be in my office working and, um, and get the work done and, um, and, and move on. The process is, for me is that, you know, I love what I do. Um, celebrity happens to be a part of it. Um, but the process for me is not only about that as well. So do you have Jennifer Lopez and P. Diddy in your phone? <laughs> I do, actually. <laughs> I do. Can you share those no, with Puff. me after the call? <laughs> I would do that. Puff, <laughs> listen, Puff was, was, was the, the uh, of all, I mean, I've worked in many places. I've worked with many people, and, and that be celebrities, and I've dressed Lauren Hill, you know, I've done Erica Badu, so I've worked with celebrities at many levels, and 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 um and, and they're real people just like we are, you know. And I I always say that I learned the most working with Sean Combs than than any of them, and I tell you why. He he's um first of all he can sell you an empty trash bag, so he's 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 super super clever, but. It was a different world for me. I hadn't, like I said, when I started, I started in luxury goods. I knew that world. I knew hip hop. I knew the music. I knew the genre. Um, the product was something very different for me. So I, it wasn't something that I knew. It wasn't something that I, that I, I somehow um, was prepared to work in. But when he called me, he called me because I came from the luxury sector. 
And um, I don't know, you know, I was able to watch this this guy, and he's just he's just amazing. He was he was um, he was like um, I don't know. He took me, you know, in, in terms of mindset and, and process to, to places that I hadn't expected to go. And and um, contrary to what many people think, you know, about what we see and what we read in the papers, um, he's like the most incredible businessman. He really is. I mean, it's it's a super, super process. And and you know, you can't knock bad boy. Bad boy, <laughs> you know, right. you look at the <laughs> you look at what was created coming out of bad boy, you know, back when we were listening to it, it's it's still valid today. So that was an exciting process. Well, I think Jennifer Lopez and P. Diddy need to come on unscripted. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I'll, I'll shoot you my number afterwards. Let's okay. let's make that happen. <laughs> All right. All right. We can work that out. <laughs> and I enjoyed. Well, and while I'm we got just... Andy on, Andy, why don't you tell us a little bit about your photography business? Because I know you got a you got a business that you're uh, passionate about as well. Um, yeah, but real quick, I did want to say back to the Sean Combs uh, era. Uh, um, I enjoyed watching if I don't know Aaron if you had seen it but there was a documentary created I'm not sure who uh, produced that yeah. but the documentary created and you know of course my motivation was to watch it to see Ed but, <laughs> but the whole thing it was really fascinating it was it was an interesting process yeah so that was really cool so hold up hold up hold up you were on a documentary is this on like Netflix can I go dial this up tonight um, it was a documentary. What, what he was doing is, that I think at that time it was it was something like twenty years of 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 of, of um, Sean John. Um, yeah. And um, so the, it was a crazy process. Once again, you know, I always find myself in these situations, and they come up to me one day and they were like, "Okay, well, we're going to do a, a a documentary, and you know, we have to you have to sign the non disclosure agreements." Blah, 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 blah. And they kind of filmed us for the entire process through the creative process and through the building of this show. And the show was at Cipriani. It was like kind of this major show. Um, and I was working because I was developing a lot of the stuff in Italy. I was going back and forth between Italy and, and, and New York at the time. So um, it, was, it, was, um, it was essentially a reality, um, not in that sense, but it was a reality television, I mean, a reality program, which kind of followed the path of the creation of this show. I actually did one for Jennifer as well. I'm, I'm not sure if they're still online, but I'm sure they can be found somewhere. I'm going to look it up, but I also have to open the door because we have another guest. This is, this is a BHS house party, so hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I got another little surprise up my sleeve. Hang on. <laughs> Unbelievable. There we go. I no! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, listen. Okay, once again, this, this is video and audio. So, those no listening, way. joining us, and she's gonna have to give us her title because I'm probably gonna screw it up. Oh, joining us is the sure. wonderful Miss Laura uh, Garrett, which is now uh -huh. probably something else. So, tell no, us. No, it's totally name. not. I kept my name, so I, that's all good. All good. Hi, everybody. Hey. <laughs> joining us is our friend from San Diego. Correct. Uh -huh, live from San Diego. Right. So you guys, we're all in all kinds that's of time right. zones right now. Seriously. But, uh, joining us, and, and please tell us, because uh, I know you're, you're at 
Taylor, right? Taylor made, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, Taylor well, made please golf. Please tell us about yeah. yourself because I'm going to screw it all up otherwise. Oh gosh, this was not supposed to be about me, Aaron. That was the point. Like this was, I was calling for the Eddie Fest. That was, I got my invitation <laughs> to the Eddie Fest, and I said, okay, here, I'll be there. But now it's Eddie's a lower fest. <laughs> it's it's better than the fire fest. Like, can we disagree yeah. on that? Like we, we're doing yeah. better than the fire fest already. We have like four people here, so it's good. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah, I um. You said I'm in San Diego. Um, that's where I am with my husband and two little humans. Um, and I work in human resources for TaylorMade Golf, which is headquartered here as well. And I've been there, there for a long time. There you go. And Lauren and I used to be about eight miles away when we went off to college. I don't know how many people from Bedford know that, but and we ran into each other maybe twice. But I know. I we're about always eight miles think about away. that. We were her, so her close. At Kenyon, me at Mount Vernon, and uh, and here we are and today. Literally so. saw each other a couple times, which is very different from when we were growing up and our houses were like five blocks apart from each other. <laughs> and Aaron, I still like to tell my kids. I actually just told them the story recently because my daughter, who's um, now in fifth grade, um, she started their their school starts them in interest, instruments in fourth and she started off playing saxophone and then complained that it was too heavy for her she's a midget of a little child and um, so she switched to violin this year but she said she debated playing cello but she decided that was just way too huge and she didn't think she'd ever be able to carry it and I was like well and you maybe only did this once but in my head you did it a bunch of times I'm like well what you need is an Aaron Conrad because we would walk to school together and I would carry his trumpet and he would carry my cello because yeah, what it's a big a ass and it's heavy. Wow. So, <laughs> I don't even remember that. <laughs> honestly, it. it may have been one time, but in my head, it was like every single day. So let's not break <laughs> that belief because yeah, I like to think that, you know, it was just, you were just my, my hero every day. See there. It all that is also so Vicky Magi was and now it's Takai was also going to join mm-hmm. us but she got tied up but she was going to uh-huh. join us because she, uh-huh. she was going to talk a little bit we were talking about band yesterday and I don't know if I want to put this out in the public that we were all in band but but <laughs> we'll, we'll do it and so it out there. we were trying to remember Part Eddie what was your instrument what was your French instrument horn. was French it the horn. trumpet I was French horn right. yes. the French horn I was a French horn. I was a terrible French horn player. No, I wasn't a terrible French horn player. I was lazy. And <laughs> absolutely lazy. My head was like completely somewhere else. But um, that was my excuse to actually stay in band. And, and because it was, it was cool to be in band. Whether, whether, the, we whether, thought other, so. people, whether other people thought so or not, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was actually cool. And actually, that was a part of the creative process as well, you know? I mean, I had, I mean, I'm, I, I, I probably could, you know, most of the, 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 the major memories, obviously, and there's so many that I had during that period were, were based on those, those groups, you know, whether they be choir or band. Um, Andy, of course, was like right around the corner from me. So he was a part of my like everyday stroll, you know, me and Andy. Yeah. <laughs> did, did he carry your cello? <laughs> I would have, I would have. He would have. <laughs> he would have. So yeah. we were like right, right down the street from each other. So that was, not, you know, I saw him like, you know, in crossing every day. Well, man, wow. it's, it's, this is so fun um, to see all four of your faces. It really is. I mean, it's, it's, uh, this is supposed to be kind of a like, Eddie, this is your life type moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I just wanted to surprise you. I know there was so many people that couldn't wait to see your face, hear your story. 
and uh, tell you our stories from our time with with Eddie. Um, and I have a Sean Barry story that I don't know how long you all are going to oh stay God. on, but I, I do have a Sean Barry story that if you do drop off, I have a Sean Barry story that will rock your world. Happen. I want to hear that story. Yes, yeah. I'm telling you, I'll tell it before we get off. I promise. Okay. And if yeah. you if you do drop off, just watch the video later. I'm not trying to pump my own podcast, but listen to it because <laughs> I promise you, I, I will tell like... it before we get off of here because you all will very much appreciate the story that I have told for many years now, and it's crazy. It's wild mm -hmm. what happened. So anyway, back to well, Eddie. I'm so happy to see you. It's you know all four of you guys, but Laura, you you know you were um, so amazing. Oh, well, likewise, no, I was just no, thinking no, as really. we were getting on this, like, Eddie, this is going to be the last time. Like, Eddie's just been, like, the coolest kid in school from the get-go. But and I was just thinking, man, like, you're so much cooler than the rest of us. And yet the best part was that you didn't act it in a way that was, like, off-putting to anybody. We all just, like, loved Eddie. So... I was raised. I was raised well. <laughs> I was raised Mama well. B. Yeah. Mama, oh, B. Yeah. Mama <laughs> B. Mama B. Well, and and honestly, I I think it's pretty amazing that um again. So I've been trying to get Laura to come on and, and tell her story, you know, for quite a while, and she wouldn't do it for me. <laughs> I carried her cello, Eddie. I carried her cello. I carried her cello. <laughs> and she came up for you. So. <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> when I had the added bonus of Andy, I didn't know that we were going to get to see him too. So that's amazing. Hey. This is so nice, you guys. How long, you you know, how long did you say you've been away? When did you move? Um, I moved to California in 95, maybe, but I was in Northern California first and then have been in San Diego since 2002. So, okay. I mean, to this day, I will still very much say that I'm an Ohioan, but at this point I've lived in California longer than I ever lived in Ohio, but it's just like identity-wise, it's not crazy. the same. So I'll, when yeah. I start, when I start to think about that, I think to myself, I, I can't, I mean, every, every time someone asks me how long I've been in Europe, I'm always like, um, maybe 10 years or something. Like, <laughs> 25 years, it's just crazy. Well, that's because none of us want to admit that we all have like hit the mid-century mark I, like, in complete denial. <laughs> I know, I know. We're, we're, we're proper adults, actually, huh? Sure. Right. But I think we would all agree, and again, fashion passed me by, and that's, again, why I liked hanging out with Eddie on Mondays and, and having him <laughs> tell me about the Agora. Laura, were you allowed to go to the Agora? You probably weren't. No, well, um, I remember going like twice and I'm not sure how I got away with it and why I was allowed to go, but, um, but yes, I do remember going and then kind of like ending things playing modern English, but, it, but I don't think I was maybe more than once or twice. See, if I would have gone to the Agora, I probably would have got off 92.3, but I was on pop, <laughs> I was on pop 40 and Eddie and, and Debbie Gibson and <laughs> And then Eddie told me I had to get off of there's more to life than 92.3. It's one of the greatest quotes <laughs> I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so, but that being We're said, put that on a t-shirt. What's that? We're going to have to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> hey, you're the designer. <laughs> you probably got connect. I can't even get t-shirts for my own podcast, which I'm going to tell you about at some point during this, this podcast. I'm going to tell you about that, but okay. it's a whole nother topic that, that is very sad and disappointing. And it has to do with our culture today. But that, be that as it may, 
I was always, I was always so, Eddie was so cool. He always had the coolest trends, the coolest outfits. I think we see it in that eighties picture that I posted today, man. Eddie was on the edge and I'm over there wearing my starter jacket from the calves. Like Eddie, Eddie was cool. And so that's, uh, I always appreciated the Agora stories on Monday. And I tried to live through you on that. Like I've said before, but also your fashion. I think we, we all would probably agree all four of us or three of us would agree that, that your fashion in high school was already advanced. Like you, you had an eye and I think you've, you found your sweet spot in life. Clearly, um, you know, clearly. I mean, like I said, when we were talking before, I think style and um, and the process is it comes from within. And I always people always ask me that oftentimes in, in in interviews, where does your creative process come from? And I'm always like, I don't know. It could be sand. It could be a color of the table. It could be a wall. But if I have to think back to what what actually aided that process, you know, there's so many things, you know? I mean, she said modern English, you know, once again, music, you know, music was a part of that. The Cure was a part of that. You know, that, you know, I'm, you know, if you have to consider that, you know, I was, you know, a black guy in, in, in Cleveland, Ohio, listening to The Cure, you know, which we know this wasn't, uh, you know, in our time that, you know, I should have been listening to, you know, which I was also as well. So, you know, I was, my feelers were always open. I was never, I never um, necessarily said no to things. I would always be interested to see it and try it and know that if I decided that I didn't like it or wasn't interested in it, at least I tried it. So that's how my creative process worked. And, and I, um, the style, you know, what was it? It was the people that surrounded me. It was my, my, my family. It was, um, there were so many things. It was the books I was listening, looking at. It was everything mixed together, you know? I think you just find your space, you know? When you find your space and you know it's your space, then you roll with it. And, you know, I was, I mean, we, you know, if you really think about it, I'm gonna talk like from a technical style perspective, but the eighties, you guys, was really kind of the last period where um, there was a sense that there was something really new happening. Of course, within the 80s, whether it be music or style, um, it's sure it arrives from, from something else. You know, we went from a period in the 70s when it was like no bra and this and that. And in the 80s was really about creativity. It was about creativity in so many things. It was hair and it was music and it was all of these things. And we look at it now and we're like, oh my God, you know, we see it come back around and we're like, we did that. But we really did that because we were that. We were part of creating that. So as style is 360 and it comes back around, um, I can actually say, you know, through being born in 1970 and living kind of through the 80s and the 90s, um, we were a part of something that was like super special. And um, today, um, the music you're hearing, um, you know, a lot of the fashion that you're seeing is regurgitated. And uh, of course, digital and and the internet made that all possible because things rise to the surface so fast that before that you know our pre-time you know we didn't have that you know we had to go to libraries to do our research we had to touch we had to feel we had to go out we had to see um the research was a different process now they just press a button and everything pops up um so i think my 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 process was 
was the same process as yours and, and you guys inspired me to be what I am. So here I am. And I'm still learning every day, by the way, <laughs> creatively. We're, we're super well. proud of you. I don't want to speak for everybody else on this call. Uh, and I know there's others that were trying to join. Honestly, I had a, had a pretty extensive invite list, um, but, but all had, and again, this is, this is supposed to be a, a Eddie, this is your life type moment. Um, but there was a lot of folks that, that I knew that you had connection with. There were some people that reached out to me and said, when's it going to be on? I think they think this is live. Like I'm that technology, <laughs> like I'm that advanced, <laughs> but um, you know, there, there's so many people throughout that, that, that you touched throughout your, your entire time, even in just little old Bedford. Um, you know, it was, it was special. And, and I think the eighties was special. You know, I, my kids don't understand. And honestly, I, I look at, it, I, my son once asked me when he was in like middle school, he said, it was it harder growing up when you were uh, my age than it is now. And I said, it wasn't harder. It was different. And I said, the, di the difference yeah. is I made choices. I made decisions. I did things in my life that I have to live with the rest of my life in my own memory. Like I have to replay them in my own memory for them. It's, it's right here. It's, it's on their phone. Totally. Right? Like, you make a mistake today and it'll be digitally uh, recorded forever on a cloud somewhere. And that's yeah. different. That's, that's like that. radically different um, totally. than, than when we were growing up and thank God for that. Right? Like, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad we didn't have phones because it would have been a whole nother world. Um, I'd be in a lot of trouble probably. probably. <laughs> and, and there's a knock at the door. So I got to go get it. Hang on. There's, I think I have to let somebody else in. Hold on. <laughs> A door knock. I love a door knock. This this one should be fun. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if you can see it or not. And and I know he's uh, he's actually doing a show at the moment. And and dude, like I think he's running off the stage to come in and say hello real quick. And and uh, there he is. <laughs> so joining us, hey, little brother, podcast. <laughs> everybody else we've already introduced. <laughs> is Eddie's brother, the great Billy Buchanan. <laughs> and he's actually stepped off stage long enough to say hello. Hello. <laughs> you gotta love technology. Billy, you there? The connection's back. Can you guys hear me? We can hear you. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> hey, are you there? I'm here. How come I can't see you guys? You gotta love technology. Billy, Billy's trying to connect, and uh, for those watching, you can see his face is frozen at the moment. For those listening, uh, Eddie's brother, who is uh, is a year older, Eddie, is that right? He's a year older. Yeah, almost a year exactly older, a year. but no less loved by the rest of us. Uh, his brother is joining us, uh, like I think backstage at the moment on a break, in between sets. So <laughs> that's frozen. <laughs> We'll see if we can get Eddie or Billy back on, but uh, uh, he was excited to join us. When's the last time you guys physically saw each other? How much do you make it over the um, States? We have, when did we physically see each other? It's been um, almost a year because when um, I was going to go last time, that's when, when the COVID um, pandemic kind of took off. And so last time um, I was in Florida, usually it depends on the period, you know, I try to get to America at least two times a year. Um, and when I go, um, obviously I go to where my mom is. So she was in Atlanta, now she's in Florida where my brother Bill is. So we all kind of meet there. Um, 
and then I have to stop in New York usually. If I stop in New York, I combine it with work and, and um, holiday, then I do that as well. I don't give back as much as I used to. It's kind of been a, a super busy period. Um, I, I, I would like to get back more often than I do, but it's, it's quite difficult. And, and um, especially now, the traveling right now is like. Hi. There you are. There he is. So Billy has joined us. I think he's on a better connection now. Better connection, Billy man. Buchanan, just, just entertainer extraordinaire. Billy, why don't you say hello and introduce yourself to the unscripted crowd? Yeah, I'm the, um, the better son of William <laughs> and Deborah Buchanan. <laughs> What's up, Come little brother? What are you doing? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm in the middle. I have a show. I'm in the middle of it. I'm on my break. Okay. We planned this, man. We plotted and schemed. Yeah, yeah, schemers. Schemers. Huh? <laughs> it's like, this is your life. Right. So how's <laughs> the interview going? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I haven't seen these guys in ages. This is amazing. Yeah, it's been I a lot of fun. I know. So, so wow, Aaron. So, like, 30 years later, what's, what's going on with you? <laughs> I don't know. I just got some little podcast I'm trying to keep going. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, no, it's, it's, so my, my favorite memory on? and one of the reasons why I don't have Billy on is, were you guys in a band or no? Did you do a band? Well, who, Ed not, not band, like about, not, not Bedford band, Bill, but like were you Bill had, a band? Bill had several bands. Um, yeah. I wasn't a part of that band, though. I wasn't, I wasn't a part of the band. Sean Baird was a part of the band. Andy used to help the band. Yeah. There were, there, were, um, there were some other guys in the band. But, um, you know, when you're, I, I tell you this story, and Bill's going to laugh at this story, huh? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going? Where are you, what is this? <laughs> no, because, you know, when you're in high school, you know, when you're in high school, and we're so close, we're both Geminis, we're exactly, you know, one year and two days apart. And so, you know, as similar as we are, um, in, in terms of Gemini and character and creative process, you know, in high school, you know, I used to see Bill and like run the other way. <laughs> literally. No, like literally, literally. Dude, dude would walk by me and pretend like he didn't know me. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> so stupid. That's my brother. And I'm like. <laughs> it was so way. dumb. It was so dumb. And we no, go home and know, listen. Yeah. Huh? But, but, but 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 um I'm yo for, for the record wait for the record i never did that to you ever <laughs> you were the older brother you were the older brother you couldn't do that you know but i mean i you know you know i have two two older brothers and and i was very lucky to have two older brothers and, and very close um first cousins who always kind of protected me and and i um i obviously as as we get older you're you're i'm very very lucky to have you know, two two brothers that that were so entangled and so close. You know, so the 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 time you know moves forward and you become an adult and you you know, but it was college years. You know, I had to have fun with that. And it was funny, man, because like we would listen to all the same music. Like yeah. it was a big. I don't know if you guys have talked about this since he's like put me all under the bus. So we'd go home and Ed was listening to like The Cure, and like he was into all that dark stuff. <laughs> <laughs> He used to wear all black and stuff and thought he was just like so mysterious and all that crap. And um, 
so I was listening to like Prince. As a matter of fact, here's a great story. Um, Ed, you remember this? Mom came to you, I mean, came to me and said, your brother, Ed, and your cousin Linda want to go see Michael Jackson. And I got, I'm getting them tickets. She looked me dead in the eye and she said, do you want to go? And I looked at her and I said, no, I'm a Prince fan. And you missed it. Dude, hey, Andy. What's up, dude? (laughs) And dude, I I freaking missed that concert, the Victory freaking tour. Yeah. Because of that nonsense. Yeah, that was the last, that was the last, that was the last um, um, Jackson's yeah. tour. Stupid, and, man. Yeah. Stupidest thing. He's not, and he, Billy's not bitter at all. Dude, I don't regret much, bro. I don't regret much, but I remember that crap, man. Uh, <laughs> I just remember Billy loving Tears for Fears. Yeah. And their first album. I mean, the bass, right? He would be talking about. He loved him some Tears for Fears. I still do, man. I still All do, time, man. one of the best bands, Flat Down. Amazing. Yeah, still. I still listen yeah. to them. Here, here. What? Well, and you I don't? think another band that we're I all going to, now we could get into 80s music, but I think another band that we're all going to like, which is going to surprise you because they didn't play them on 92.3, but um, <laughs> New Order was, was yeah. it, right? Can we all agree that yeah. New Order was, no, I, I, wasn't think, into I think our friend that was Andy Ed's introduced thing. me to New Order at Richmond Brothers on the DJ set that he would play. <laughs> on the is DJ right? set. <laughs> so good. No, I, was, I wasn't into them, man. <laughs> you missed, you missed out. When you're still missing that, out. Actually. Wasn't my thing, man, but Tears to Fears all freaking day. I, I own everything, dude. Everything. <laughs> I remember, still. I mean, playing the bass in the back, you would try to get every one of those riffs down, but, and, and there was another guest that was going to try to join us. I'm not sure if she's going to be able to, but um, the first concert I ever went to, Eddie, do you know which one it was? New edition. You remember this? New edition. New edition. Can no, you name the three Ed, groups wait. that were at the New Edition concert? Were you at that show? New Edition, UTFO, and the Fat Boys. No, it wasn't Fat Boys. It wasn't Fat oh. Boys. Who was the no, third no. one? Wait, U- UTFO. It was the Fat Boys. No. No. Dude, were you at, the, at Front Row Theater. <laughs> Billy's getting angry. No, Aaron, Aaron. Yes, wait. Front Row Theater, right? It, was, it wasn't. Eddie, do you remember who the third one was? I don't remember who the third one was. Roxanne, Roxanne Chante. It was my it was my first concert. It was New Edition, UTFO, yeah, Jesse Johnson Review. Jesse Johnson. No, that was dude. Review. Wait, wait, time out, dude. Time <laughs> out. Time to freak out. That was a different tour then, man. Because I saw when we saw him, Ed. Ed, didn't you go with me to see him? Yeah, I did. It was New Edition, UTFO, and the Fat Boys. But remember that, Ed? I don't remember that. Anyway, but I would have rather been at the freaking Jesse Johnson concert. Holy cow. So I for those listening that may not know, and I've used this for trivia questions. Aaron, here you go. I, I, we Aaron, lost Laura. Dad. She's done. <laughs> She's out. <laughs> but <laughs> Jesse Johnson, does anybody know who the heck Jesse Johnson is? Because I didn't time. know until that night. The time, bro. The time. The guitar, the guitar player from the, the time. time. So when Morris Day says... Jesse, yeah. now Jerome, yes. on that song, he's of talking course. about Jesse Johnson. So, dude, here's the, here's, there's some history. So, Aaron, here is his the hit. song he played. I really don't. Aaron, 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 I'm about to tell you. Here was his hit. I want to be your man, baby. Oh, bonus oh, material. Oh. Is this going to me in some kind of violation if I put it out? Like, am I going to get a call or they're going to block, you know, this because we got... 
Exactly. <laughs> Copyright <laughs> infringement. Eddie, what was the other thing that happened at that concert? Do you remember? Hey, I don't know, but I got to go. <laughs> Love you, Good Billy. You Thanks for stopping Love by, too, man. man. Bye, Bill. Hello, brother. Enjoy. Love you, man. Love hey, Ed. You. Ed, I'm going to see mom tomorrow. I might call you. Okay. All right, bye. <laughs> Those are exclusive moments on Unscripted right there. We get to oh share gosh. the Buchanan family reunions. <laughs> the other question was, Eddie, what happened in that concert? Do you remember what happened to all of us as we were standing up for that concert? We we were standing on the back of the what seats happened? and the entire row fell. Do you remember that? Oh, <laughs> We took out a whole row. I can't believe you remember these things. We could, I remember. I still have the t-shirt. No, I'm just kidding. I have a picture of myself in the t-shirt because it was the new edition. And I still love now. new edition. Are, do you have new edition in your Rolex? In your Rolodex? Of course I do. Can, all right. So we'll get them on unscripted too. <laughs> well, this this was a ton of fun. Of course I do. <laughs> um, so. Uh, let me, should I tell the Sean, Boy, Sean Barry story now or no? Yeah. 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 Right, I'm, all, I'm dying right. to hear it and I've got to run to a meeting, but I'm totally going to go to it late because I need to hear the Sean you Barry need story. To hear okay. So I'll, I'll go as brief as I can. I, and, and I, <clears throat> I won't remember exactly which city it was in because it's been a while, but um, I had to go to someplace in Maryland. I want to say it was Rockville, Rockford, something with an R. And um, I flew in and we were doing a grand opening in like your, your classic retail strip mall type place, right? I go doing this thing. I went with my boss and it was lunchtime. And so we started to walk into, um, there was, you know, cl again, classic retail, a couple of restaurants in the parking lot type place. We started going to this burger joint. Don't even remember what it was. I had my hand on the doorknob. Like, I won't forget this. I had my hand on the doorknob and she goes, you know what? I want salsa and chips. And there was a Mexican place right next door. I'm like, cool. I don't, whatever. Okay, fine. So I let go of the doorknob. We go over to the Mexican place open the door, we, st we walk in, we're standing there waiting for a table and a bus boy, bus boy walks by and we're standing there. He looks at me, drops his bus pan and shatters, like all the glasses shatter. And I'm like, who is this dude? I mean, he, you know, it was Sean Barry in Maryland. What, what am I doing in Maryland? Right. And not to go into a lot of detail, but, but he was in a bad way. Um, he had been through a lot in his life. Wow. Clearly he's working as a bus boy. His sister lived in Maryland and uh, he was living in her basement, just trying to get his life back together. So we, you know, the guy walks up, he hugs me. And I'm like, Baltimore? Who is hugging me? I don't know who this is. Like, what is going on? And he stepped back and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is Sean Barry. Anyone listening to this podcast, you have to understand. And all four of us, I think would probably agree. He was the man. Sean Barry mm -hmm. was the guy. He was are everything right he could do michael jackson he was uber talented just an incredible guy so he uh we we connect we go out to dinner that night and i i just wanted to buy a mistake i mean he he had been in like i say he's in a bad, pretty bad way we got to dinner uh take him out to dinner and then the funniest part that you four will appreciate more than anybody he takes me to the local high school we drive to the local high school after dinner and we're sitting on the hood of this rental car that i had and he's looking over this high school and he's just reliving all this high school memories. Like, it was like, man, that's, that's all he has left. And it was, it broke my heart. Um, back then we didn't have cell phones and stuff like that. I just had a pager. So I gave him um, the store that I had, had gone out there to was uh, they had these 30 minute phone cards. And so mm -hmm. I gave him like a stack of them. And I said, just call me on this eight, you know, call me, leave me a voicemail. 
and tell me where you're at. So he, we just kept in touch that way. I'd call him back if I could. We kept in touch that way. Then he called me and he said one night, um, right after I got married. So we, we had no money. I mean, we were, we were newly married, newlyweds. He called me and he said, uh, I'm at the bus station. They stole my ticket, but I want to go to Miami. And, um, and, and if I go to Miami, the reason I'm going is they have this, this, um, uh, program down there and a homeless shelter that if I live there, um, I want to try to get clean and everything. And, and then, um, once I get clean, as long as I can prove that and I get a job, they'll pay for my first three months rent. And I, at the time I'm like, you know, I don't know if this is real or not, but I just love the guy and I care about him and I want to want to do right by him. So I go drive down to downtown Cleveland because I was living in Bedford still at the time, drive downtown Cleveland, buy him a ticket at the uh, Greyhound and they wire it over to him, like however they do that. And, you know, I said, hey, send me. So he starts mailing me letters from this shelter. So everything that he had said was true was going to be true. And and the last letter I ever received from him was um, that he had he had done well he was moving out. He got a job, and I want to say it was like um, Whole Foods or, or 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 something like that. He had he had secured a job, set up an apartment, and he was gone. So that happened, and then several years ago, I tried to look him up again, and now he, as far as I know, and if anybody hears this that knows or can help, um, he's in Miami. And what happens is, and actually, if you go to, you can search his name in Miami Dade County, and you'll find him. And what happens is about every uh, this is a really sad story. Unfortunately, I wish I, I wish I had a better story, but um, he uh, every about three weeks or month or so he'll get arrested. And I think he does it so he can get a good night's sleep and a, and a, and a, um, a good meal. And he it's, it's always like um, small, you know, it's nothing bad. It's always something small, like purchasing drugs or, or panhandling or something like that. And I think he just knows the system and it breaks my heart. It really, really breaks my heart. When I post this on my blog, I'll post pictures of the two of us together. And, um, uh, and I put this out a few years ago because I actually tried to go get to him. So to give you guys an idea, and I, Laura, you're shaking your head. You might remember this. I kind of, you remember that? I do. Now that you tell the story, I remember you sharing it with me at some point and that you're trying to figure out how to, how to find him. I was trying to get to him. So I mailed him a letter that ended up coming back to me and I was hoping it would hit right when he would do his like three to four week, you know, visit the, cause they kick him out. They, they, they let him stay for like 24, 48 hours a week. And then they kick him out back on the streets again. That's just the system that he is, he is in. And it, it's, it's heartbreaking to me that a guy that had so much promise. And I know the guy that I met in Maryland that night. And I know how much he still wanted to, to have, you know, to live life and, and be on a call like the four of us are on right now, you know, it, it, it'll forever break my heart. I love that guy. And um, yeah. And, and I don't know how that stuff happens, man. I don't, I don't know why we, if we did get, and I always tell everybody, if I got a burger that day and my boss didn't want chips and salsa, I never run into I never run into him. We never run into each other. It just happened. And, um, but I believe it happened for a reason, man. It's crazy, crazy. How wow. small the world is. Yeah. So that's that's the yeah, show. You know, life, life, um, you know, is a is a sometimes a card drawn, and we're we're super lucky and blessed to be able to have this conversation, and 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 be in in the position to actually, you know, recount a story that we've had. You know, everyone doesn't have the, you know, the same possibilities, and and um, Sean was like 
you know, he, we, if, if there was someone that you could probably in 1988 say, who's going to be an enormous success, right. it was Tom Barry, you know, yeah. Sean, Sean was, was charming, he was handsome, he was a great diver, he was a great musician, you know, he had all the qualities, you know, he checked all the boxes. And, um, and uh, life sometimes takes those, those curveballs. I, 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 I'm hoping that he's okay, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to look him up as well. Yeah, yeah. maybe somebody watching yeah. um, will have a connection to Aaron. So yeah. um, I think it's a story worth telling. Yeah. Tons you know, of people care day, about him. I don't know why we went for chips and salsa and not a burger that day, but hopefully somebody finds this and you never know where this stuff finds itself. And, and uh, uh, I actually reached out to a, a jail or a prison minister that was down there trying to get him to go visit and just see if I could, I just needed a connection. I needed a phone call. I need to tell him what I wanted to tell him was that we love him. You know, yeah. that's what I think he needed to hear is that we love him. All four of us probably on this meeting, we love that guy. And, and, yeah. you know, and, and um, there's, there's a bright future for him. I still believe that, that that didn't happen by chance. So I hope. Absolutely. Not the greatest story, yeah. but it is a true story. No, it is a good story. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Laura, I know you've got to go to a meeting. I do. So I would love to stay with you guys awesome. all afternoon, but it was amazing to see you all. Um, thanks for the invitation, Aaron. Thanks, Laura. Andy, Eddie, so good to see you. Aaron, thanks for hosting. Thanks. We get to do this again sooner rather than later. Well, you're always welcome, Michael. And we, we still have to do a follow-up with yours. I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. So. <laughs> okay. All <laughs> Thanks right. for popping on. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. You. Take care. Bye. Andy, it was great for you to have you on as well. Thank you for popping Thanks. on. Uh, yep. I'm going to, I'm going to cover one item with Eddie one-on-one uh, -on -one here in a minute, just, just to finish out this one, but man, it was good to have you on. And uh, Beth O'Conkey was my other guest that, that, Ah. right i mean that would have that would have completed the richmond <laughs> brothers circle yeah <laughs> right right so no i put out invites and it's my fault i i waited too long but it was kind of a last minute but beth beth wanted to be here i know she really did and and uh, that would have completed the richmond brothers circle for us wow yeah. <laughs> we'll give awesome. them a andy let's be in touch huh absolutely yeah i saw billy about a year ago maybe less yeah. than a year ago he did a, a local real small gig at a church that he had some connection with, like in right. Madison, Ohio. Right on. So I got to visit him and, and watch all the, the same band drama that happened back then. The dynamics are the same. It's crazy. <laughs> and like I took a, like a 30 year time warp and went in there, just different players, but Billy. Exactly. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but Andy, yeah. before you before you uh before you exit what what uh what are your links because and where where are you one and two what are your links because i know you have a photography business yeah i'm in hudson ohio so not far from home um we departed we went away to arizona for a couple years and then came back um photography andrew jordan photography uh andrew jordan photo on instagram I'm, I'm pretty low key on self-promotion. Uh, as far as my photography stuff, I call myself a recovering wedding photographer. I had 14 years, probably like 13 too many of that. No, but um, now yeah. it's, it's like co commercial. I just kind of generally call it commercial, whether it's uh, some client headshots, some uh, corporate events, um, 
construction for builders and stuff like that. It's just, or yeah, events for other organizations. It's kind of all over the place. Anything that's not a wedding that has to do with people and products. Um, it's, it's very much, uh, like I said, it's not artistic, but I like it. It's afforded uh, a lot of flexibility in our family dynamics and that's been priceless. That's why I can, you know, pop off and take my kid to bowling when she needs to. And so it's not been a good balance. What's that? Not be invited in. <laughs> well, yeah. it might be a COVID thing, right? It's probably a COVID thing. You're probably not allowed. Uh, uh, yes and no. She had her first meet last earlier this week and she didn't do so well. And then so somehow the, the, the presence of a parent may have, you know, right. whatever. I don't know. It's all good. Awesome. I got to be here. Well, I, I will put all that in the in the in, in anybody listening to this. Uh, this is my guy, and and if you're in that area and looking for a guy, then please look that up. I will put that in the blog post so you can see it and uh, click to it and, and get to my guy Andy. It was man, it was awesome to see you. Thanks so much for popping in on us. I, I really appreciate Thank, this. Thanks. I have, for putting pictures, together. I have pictures taken by Andy as well. There we go. There you go. <laughs> awesome. All right, brothers. Thank, Thank you. Andy. Good to see you. Talk to you soon, Andy. Yes, sir. All right.